Welcome to Common Sense Aligner Podcast, your gentle clinic management podcast with Dr. Javier Lozano. Hi everyone, this is Javier Lozano speaking, and I want to welcome you to the first podcast at Common Sense Aligners. We've been working for the last months on creating content that I hope you will enjoy during the next weeks. On these first four podcasts, we will be talking about a really, really interesting topic. I think whenever we talk about it, we tend to focus on the things we don't like from the profession, on the things we don't like other professionals are doing. And we say, oh, that's unethical. There is a lack of ethic of what he or she is doing. And I think that if we have to talk about ethics, it is important that we widen our view, that we really go deeply into this topic. And this is why during the next four podcasts, we will be talking about an ethical approach to aligner orthodontics. And inside this really interesting and important topic, we will be cover four points. First one, we will be talking about this today, about the social component of ethics in orthodontics. We're talking about the world, the population, what's going on. We're going to talk the next podcast about the medical, ethical issues. On the third one, we will be talking about also an important part of the orthodontic profession and part of any other profession, which is the financial part of it, the financial of ethics, the ethics of finance, it is important to analyze how are we interacting with our patients in regards to to money and finances. And the fourth week of this initial series of ethical approach to aligner orthodontics we will talk about the profession itself. How are we acting as individuals? How we as professionals are relating one to each other? And how are we relating to our patients? But let me get back to this part we're covering today. We will be talking about the social component of ethics in orthodontics. What am I what do I mean when I'm talking about social? Well, I'm talking about, for example, something that has arisen, especially uh, related to uh, aligner orthodontics, which is orthodontic advertising. Especially since maybe 2016 or 17, when we started seeing, especially in the United States, uh, many somehow do-it-yourself aligner companies. It wasn't probably do-it-yourself, but we see that the very beginning was uh, with Smine Direct Club, which is a company that has been advertising strongly and crazily in the United States and in so many countries all over the world. Actually, a couple of years ago, they closed so many stores because they wanted to create a huge business from orthodontics. So 
if we have to normalize orthodontic advertising, probably most of us will say, oh, I don't like this advertising because this is changing the rules of the game. And because me as an individual, as a professional in a solo practice, or even with one, two partners, I don't have the budget as these big companies for advertising. I don't have a marketing department inside my team creating messages and delivering messages to attract people to my office. Actually, we don't have venture capital like these huge companies um, get investments from venture capital plans who are okay with losing money for a few years. Actually, if I don't remember bad, it's money that the club never made a single euro or dollar in profit after eight years investing money as crazy. So we don't have these chances to promote our dental offices, any common orthodontic dental office or dental office providing orthodontic uh, treatments as part of its portfolio. So we might say it's unethical, it's unfair, or it is a disadvantage for us because we cannot promote. But what if we measure the positive impact this advertising has had in our offices? Maybe Mr. John, John Snow, which is today uh, like a, a hypothetical patient. Maybe John is watching TV, has a modern which country of the world or listening to the radio, or listening to a podcast like this one. And there's some advertising in the middle. But they're talking about this new huge aligner company say, hey, Mr. John, come have your aligners, improve your smile, have your orthodontic treatment. But John, you have been attending to the same dental office for maybe 10 or 20 years. So he has his mind with this idea inside and he said, okay, yeah, I may need some orthodontic treatment. I'm going to visit my dentist. Obviously, there will be many Johns or Marias or whoever uh, paying attention to this advertisements and going to these big dental chains, but also many of them. And I know this by heart because this happened in Spain 30 years ago when we had the very first uh, big dental chain advertising on TV and on the radio. We didn't even have a social media by then. And the fact is that this advertising made Every single clinic in Spain grow. They were advertising, I don't know, dental winemaking, dental implants. We were not really used to promote this kind of services. And somehow we were not performing them as much as we could. And it was this big company promoting their services, which made most of the clinics in Spain grow. So even we might consider advertising is not really good. Because mm. 50 years ago, there was no advertising in orthodontics. It might be good because the higher the number of people getting orthodontic treatment in the world, the better the world is. It is definitely like this. Obviously, we have to focus 
and we have to pay attention to the fact that every single treatment should be perfectly performed and should have proper goals. But if we talk about advertising itself, I don't think it's good or bad. I think it's complicated for me to, to judge this. I think no one should judge uh, any company doing uh, advertising um, because it's good, because it's promoting oral health and it is important. Obviously, we have to focus on the outcome of every treatment, on the intention of doing a good treatment or a treatment I don't care. It's like you have your aligners and you go back to your house. Obviously, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about advertising oral health, orthodontic treatment. That is good. Actually, we've seen the, like so many big dental organizations, the AAO, the American Association of Orthodontists, the Spanish Association of Orthodontics, they are all on social media and they are advertising. They're saying, hey, you should bring your child to the orthodontic office whenever he's five or six. Depends on the criteria we are using. So advertising is not bad by itself in our field. We have many big organizations doing this and it is their responsibility to do this. But as I was saying before, I think we shouldn't be judging anyone else doing some advertising on TV or social media. We can judge the outcome or the intention of doing that. But if it's making better occlusion, better smiles in the world, probably it's not something unethical itself. So I think this point has been, I, I have expressed my opinion and I want to get to the second point of this social component. I was actually talking about this. Orthodontic societies, they're really important. And sometimes, well, every time, probably every day, whenever we think about a big orthodontic society, I don't know, any country in the world orthodontic society, we're thinking that they are there to promote and to ensure our rights or corporate rights, if I might say, like as a corporation, as a, like so many individuals performing the same task. They have to look after rights. They have to make sure or try to make sure that every single orthodontist is doing a good job and they have an available training on, or a speciality. And this is important. And orthodontic societies all over the world, they should be taking care of orthodontists. Definitely, yes. And of orthodontics, orthodontists, ethics, yes. And treatment outcomes, yes. And and everything related to the orthodontist. But we have to be really clear. We have to remember that the goal of our profession, and therefore the goal of any orthodontic society in the world, should be taking care of the patients. I think this is quite important. Anything that is good for a person in the street should be good for the orthodontic society. And somehow we have to, to widen our minds. The society is changing a lot. I mean, we know that 
50 years ago, uh, we were extracting teeth on two out of three patients in our offices. And today is the opposite. We are extracting teeth in one out of three. Doesn't matter if it's a premolar or a wisdom tooth, but it's half of what we did in the past because patients, they're, well, because orthodontists uh, have evolved, obviously, but patients also are demanding different treatment approaches. And as long as it's not bad for them, I think we should be putting focus on, on this. And this is what happened with uh, Allied Orthodontics 10 years ago, on, on well, a bit more, maybe in 2010, when Aligner orthodontics were about to boom because the technique had improved like a lot. Uh, we saw like many pure orthodontists saying, okay, aligners are bad. I don't think aligners are good or bad. Uh, they're good for the patients if they're more comfortable, if it's more hygienic. If we are reducing the risk of cavities of periodontal disease, so this is good for the patient. And instead of criticizing aligners, they should be thinking on establishing criteria to use them ideally, because we've seen them in the literature, what's the ideal case. Nowadays, we can treat almost every case, but in some cases, it is more favorable than others. Maybe orthodontic societies should be putting focus on, on this, because this is good for the patients. If they prefer it, if they uh, we are having less impact on their facial aesthetics, if they have less, if they're not that afraid of fixed appliances, if they are more comfortable, that's important. That's part of our work and the orthodontic societies. So I think it is important to stress that orthodontic societies have to focus on patients' needs, obviously, without missing the point that any orthodontic treatment in the world should be performed as good as it might. Obviously, there are compromises in every treatment. There, is, there are problems, there are lack of mechanical uh, management of the patient, of everything, but we have to be intentional in doing great treatments. And orthodontic societies have to help us doing this, and they have to help patients achieving what they want, a better occlusion and a better smile. And the last but not least part of this social approach, if we are talking about the community, about the world, about the world population, you know, we're in 2023 today, and we have to remember that three years ago, we had this world lockdown. We had the pandemics, we had the COVID-19, and it was a game changer and probably was complex for an oral surgeon who had just placed some dental implants one week ago before we had the lockdown. But it was also complex for orthodontists all over the world. And I don't know what about you, but I was trying to make sure that the treatment we started two weeks before or one year before or two years before and we hadn't ended yet. Uh, it was being performed properly and there was a still a follow-up. So by the moment, we thought it was good to ask the patients for some pictures to reduce the frequency of appointments 
and somehow to change our mindset from like a really physical orthodontics to a hybrid orthodontic treatment. I'm talking about teleorthodontics, teledentistry and clinical orthodontics. Is it good or is it bad? Is it ethical or not? I think, once again, that as long as we don't miss the point that every orthodontic treatment should be, let's say, perfect, even if perfection does not exist, every orthodontic treatment should be ideally treated, but we also have to pay attention to the social dimension of the patient. The more comfortable the treatment is for the patient, the better. I'm not saying that I print aligners in my office and I give them to the patient and they say goodbye. No, I'm not saying that. But if I can make a hybrid follow-up of the patient and I can check the occlusion maybe every 12 weeks, in that period, week 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 9, 10, 11, I can monitor the patient remotely through his smartphone or with any other technology that might come up in the next months or years. Probably it is good because I'm taking more control of the patient. So in this sense, teledentistry or remote monitoring of the patient from a point of view is good. Sometimes I know we say, do it yourself aligners, that's crazy. No. I'm not saying that is good, obviously, that's, uh, that's crazy, that's insane. Uh, that shouldn't be legal in any country of the world because we know the result is going to be bad. But increasing the checkups of the patients, monitoring the treatments with any smartphone or dental app, in between physical checkups, that's definitely good. From my point of view, it is unethical not to do it today because we have the technology, we have the resources to do it. And we're improving the quality of care we're providing to our patients. So, if I might end with this first podcast, I have to say that I've covered three topics from this social dimension of orthodontic uh, with aligners. We were talking about orthodontic advertising. We were talking about orthodontic societies and teledentistry in clinical orthodontics. And I think I was somehow trying to open your eyes slightly and let you see and let you think of the good dimension on these three things. Advertising might be good or bad, teledentistry might be good or bad, and orthodontic societies might be accepting the perfect role or not, depending on how we see it. I think this is really important and we have to reflect on this. And maybe if we do it next time we talk with a colleague, next time we write a podcast on social media, on, on Instagram, criticizing somehow or complaining about something which is happening in the dental office next corner or in social media advertising or with complaining at orthodontics that they is doing or not doing something. Maybe we see that there is a, an angle in which there might be a different view from the one we have. I think it's really, really important to analyze these kind of things because in this way we reduce the tension we create 
inside the orthodontic profession and also from a social point of view. Thank you for your attention. I hope I opened your eyes with this first podcast. See you next week. We will talk about the medical approach to aligner orthodontics. Have a nice day. It was a pleasure. This is Javier Rotano speaking.